Let's pray together. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So one way of describing the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper um, is, is the word enacted, or the, world's, the word sealed upon us. But before we get there, we're going to engage in the sermon, the word proclaimed. These are the, kind of the two pillars of Reformed worship, word and sacrament. Uh, so I want you to listen carefully and listen well. This too is the word of the Lord coming to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, says Paul, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity in the, of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, was over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Paul speaks to us this morning of a profound and mystical unity that we share. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. He's speaking to us about something that we can't necessarily see mystical unity that we share in the Lord. And because this morning we are coming to the font, we're celebrating the baptisms of, of Elliot and Spencer, I thought that we could focus just for a minute, one Lord, one faith, one, one baptism. Isn't it neat how God works that out? I wish I could tell you I was just a good planner and it worked it out that way, but I didn't. Uh, the Lord lined it up. This is the passage for today. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're going to think about that in the context of of some of the symbolism of water in the scriptures, because we're coming into the water today. So we begin to think about one Lord, one Spirit, one baptism. We begin to think about water in the scriptures. We could begin with the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. We see in this initial picture water at the beginning of creation, don't we? Water that was, that was chaotic, that was without form, that was void, that wasn't something yet. But accompanying those chaotic waters is also the Spirit of the living God. And so the Father, the one Father, who was over all, through all, and in all, spoke His Word, let there be spoke through the Word and in the power of the Spirit created. God brings forth new life. God our Father is the creator of all that is. Water, chaotic water, 
now beginning to take shape, to take form, to find order, to become beautiful and true and, and good, he declared. Water. One Lord who creates. Whereas the next image of water that we see, it's again of chaotic water, the flood, the story of, of Noah. God looks and sees that the heart of humanity is evil all the time and wicked, not good. And so we discover that the God who is the creator is also the God who is the judge and he sends a flood or rather relents and allows the chaotic waters to again subsume that which is in a way that also purifies. Um, we see there even in God's judgment, also God's mercy, because there's a family, there's an ark, there's a way through the chaos. In fact, that's why a lot of our churches, the sanctuary on the inside looks like the hull of a ship. Ours does. You know the beams inside? Um, there's a reason for that. The church is, in that sense, the ark that carries us through the chaos. It's the means why, by which God preserves us. And so we see uh, God's judgment, we see God's mercy, and we see Noah send out a dove, which through the scriptures is a symbol of the spirit. And the dove brings back an olive branch, which in the scriptures is a symbol of peace. And we see a rainbow and a promise of God not to destroy the earth in this way again. It's interesting. When we come to the waters of baptism, we hearken back to the waters of creation because the Spirit too comes and hovers over the waters and brings forth something new, something out of the, the chaos of our lives and the chaos of the world. Now order and shape are taking place. Something new, new life is beginning here. When we come to the waters of baptism, we have in our, in our minds echoes of the flood which came and washed sin and wickedness and evil away. And yet also with the Spirit's presence brought peace and a promise set in the heavens above and a joining in a place to be even in the chaos that surrounds us. We know a little bit about that right now, don't we? In the life of the church, which we can imagine is kind of the sanctuary, the ark, the, the ship that carries us through as we join in with God's chosen family. There are other places where we discover water in the scriptures. We think of Moses. Moses placed as he was in a wicker basket. All, all male children in, um, if, uh, all male children who were part of Israel, who were in Egypt, were ordered to be put to death. They didn't want lots of men, lots of male slaves causing an uprising. And so Moses was kind of under the law of death and his his mother and sister took him and placed him in a wicker basket in water. I mean, they had hopes of what might happen, but this was a form of exposure. This was a form of putting this child out to float down the water and die. So water is an image of death. But then what happens? Pharaoh's daughter uh, takes Moses, draws him out. That's what his name means. Draws Moses out of the water and adopts him. And he has a place in the royal family. He has a place of prestige and honor. And so when we think of coming to the waters of baptism, there's all, it's also an image of death, isn't it? And of God coming and claiming us and drawing us out of the water. 
alive and now adopted into the royal family. All, you see how all of these images throughout the scriptures are tying in, connecting with what happens right here today. What has happened to you in your baptism. We continue with the story of Moses. Moses who grew up and then came to lead Israel out of slavery and bondage in Egypt into a land of promise. And so what happens? He comes to Pharaoh, let my people go, says the Lord, the one Lord. And he brings him out. Brings the people out to where? To the water, to the water of the sea. And then a sea of Pharaoh's army comes behind them and they're trapped, they're stuck. Where can they go? God makes a way. The waters part, they walk through on dry land. They move from slavery into freedom. And their enemies are swallowed up. And we come to the font, we come to baptism, what happens? We're delivered from slavery to sin and death and given freedom as we pass through the waters. Going to a land of promise. For once we had no future, now we have hope. We have new life with God. We're part of God's family and people. And of course, there's the further Jordan River. They wander in the wilderness of this life and then cross the Jordan into the land of promise. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. We look at the images of water throughout the scriptures to help us understand what happens today as we come to the font. One baptism? But I've been baptized, and most of you, and what about all these images of baptism that we see? Creation, the flood, life of Moses and Israel, crossing the... What about all those images of one baptism? What is this one baptism of which we speak? You want to know? It's the one baptism that all of these stories point to. It's the one baptism into which all of us have been joined in our baptisms. It's the baptism of Jesus Christ, who appears centuries later, again, in that same Jordan River, the one that leads into the land of promise. He comes, and he enters the water, and, and as Jesus walks down into the water to be baptized by John, Images flash before eyes of the creation, of the watery chaos, but also the Spirit's presence that begins a whole new reality, a whole new creation. We're reminded of the waters of the flood, which swallowed up and destroyed, but also washed clean. That washing made possible by the baptism of Jesus, His joining us there. And of course, um, as He goes beneath the waters and is raised back up, what happens? The heavens are rent. And the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a what? A dove, just like the dove brought the olive branch of peace to Noah in the ark and set a seal in the heavens, so too do we see the Spirit in the form of a dove bringing peace and announcing it in the baptism of Jesus. We hear the voice of the, sp the Father speak the same words that the Father now speaks today over Elliot, over Spencer. You are my beloved. In you I am well pleased. We come to the font as we see Jesus descending into the water and the heavens opening, the Spirit descending, and the Father speaking. We're reminded that we too have been drawn through the waters like Moses from death into life, adopted into the family of God. It's a powerful thing that happens today. One Lord, one faith, one baptism.
into one body because there is one spirit, one God and Father of all, over all, through all, in all, a mystical reality that we experience. What does the world know of this? In part, it's our responsibility to, to demonstrate this, to bear it forth in our lives, to begin to show the world and each other what it looks like. And so maybe that's Paul's point, because the beginning of it says what? I urge you as a prisoner for the Lord. He's a prisoner. Your, your life circumstances do not make a difference here to what God calls us to. A prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. To walk in a manner worthy. What does that look like? With all humility and gentleness. With patience. Bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Whose, whose unity is it? It's the Spirit's unity. In the bond of peace. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. You're called to live that out in your lives. Remember you've been baptized today. Remember the calling that you've received. It's, it supersedes every other calling you might have. Your baptism. Augustine says that, you're that, that once you're baptized, the rest of your life is discovering what has happened to you already and living into that. Because the world watches, is there actually any difference for someone who's been baptized? Is there any difference for someone who worships the one Lord, sharing the one faith, entering into the one baptism, being a part of the one body, receiving the one spirit, serving the one God and Father over all, through all and in all? Is there any difference? The world watches, but here's, I'm going to make it a lot more personal. As Paul urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the way, the calling in which we've been called, I want you to remember right now today that Elliot is going to watch you and watch your life and watch your walk to see what difference it makes, to see what it means to serve the one Lord, to, to live by the one faith, to bear the one baptism. Uh, Spencer is going to watch you and watch your life. And that's how she's going to learn. So it's a great responsibility, isn't it? Uh, for me, certainly, as a minister and as a father, but also for each of you. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, over all, through all, and in all. Let's serve that Lord. Let's remember what happens at the water. Let's celebrate. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.